And good morning. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. I'm excited. Today we've got a fun guest. We've got a lot to discuss. Um, she is stepping in to take over for Devin Nunes, who stepped down to run Truth Social. So a short-term congressional district to kind of fill in. But before, before we get there, we've got some opportunities to get involved. You know I don't want people to just talk about issues. You know, politics and, and religion shouldn't be the third rail because they matter. So you need to talk to your family about them. You need to talk to your friends. But you also need to get involved because with freedom comes responsibility. So first opportunity to get involved is the Kingsburg chapter of Constitutionalists for California has a meeting at 6.30 p.m. tonight. So May 17th at 15,000 Rose Avenue. The interesting part is they've got a Holocaust survivor, and there are not many of those left, named Hans Berger, who will be speaking. So you'd have an opportunity to kind of hear what the world was like. You know, I'm afraid that things are coming full circle because Germany had a ministry of truth, and now we have a disinformation board. Um, Luckily, uh, President Brandon is not a dynamic leader. And so I don't think he can do what Hitler did, but he's trying to do some things that are stomping on First Amendment freedom. So I, those are some of the questions I'll have. You know, what really happened in Germany? How did it all, how did people comply with that insanity and give up their voice? Second opportunity to get involved. School boards are dear to me and I go regularly. We have two. I have to decide tomorrow night. This is May 18th. The first one starts at 5.30. This is the Fresno School Board. It's at 2309 Tulare Street in Fresno. I need to check in with one of the board members, and if he thinks it's important, I'll go there and speak. If not, I'm going to go to the Clovis School Board meeting, which is also a Wednesday. It's at 6.30 p.m. That's at 1680 David E. Cook Way. What happens in our schools sets up our future absolutely sets up our future and you know there's a woke agenda fresno's just depressing but you still have to go because it's a good fight clovis is a little better but there's real problems we need to deal with them finally item on my calendar may 19th it's a thursday the clovis chapter of constitutionalists for california is having a meeting we've been having pretty lively discussions lately and my group consistently goes to school board meetings We consistently go to government meetings, and they don't always like to hear what we have to say. We try to be respectful, but move them in a direction to make make it clear that a lot of what they're doing doesn't respond to the people. And I think that's really important. So hopefully you make one of those. Today I want to go ahead and introduce my guest. Um, If you've been involved in politics forever... Sorry, don't mean forever, but since 2000, yeah, on a statewide basis, uh, you're, you're pretty well known. Is that correct? Uh, yes, without having my face on the post office wall, I, <laughs> I guess I would agree with that. Well, then you were on the milk carton for a little while because you disappeared. <clears throat> I did. I did. My mom was very ill and uh, spent a couple of years with her. Well, I'm glad you were able to do that. Yeah, me too. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Just some basic history. Well, I, uh, um, I'm an interesting character, <laughs> uh, politically speaking, because uh, although it feels like a lifetime, and you're right, uh, it's, it's only been about 20 years, I did not seek elected office until I was 
50 years old. So um, I had a lot of life in between there. Um, I like to think of myself as the uh, essential or uh, whatever that word is, valley girl. I was born in Bakersfield. Uh, my folks uh, moved to Tulare. Uh, my dad got transferred with a phone company when I was about three. Um, and we did, though, commute. I went to high school and then college in Fresno. So my whole world. <laughs> it's all been the Central Valley. Fresno to Bakersfield, that about sums it up for me. And so I, I, I believe that we are a sum of our experiences. And uh, I'm, I had, I mean, if I'm being realistic, I mean, I can joke about it, but uh, it was a sum of experiences by myself and others that really got me to the point at age 50 when I decided to seek, to seek office. Um, I would like to think it was um, for all the right reasons. Uh, but uh, at this point in my life, I, I go by my grandmother's advice, you know, don't tell a lie because you're going to have to remember what the lie was and you'll have to remember who you told it to. So uh, I'd like to think the reason I got involved were some good reasons and then there were other reasons that uh, people might not consider to be that good. And actually what led me to it was my father. Uh, my dad, after retiring from the phone company, had uh, um, ran successfully to uh, serve on the Tulare County Board of Supervisors. It wasn't full-time. It was a little different than it is now. But he, uh, he was in the middle of his third term and, uh, uh, when we lost him to cancer. And so someone was appointed to finish those two years. And then someone else served a couple of terms. So 10 years later, uh, I found myself saying, yes, I want to do this. Uh, so I, I can't tell you that it was political activism that really led it to me, me to it. Probably, you know, it was hereditary, although I am Irish and we're notoriously lousy politicians. <laughs> but uh, Well, um, I'm very Irish, <laughs> but, but I'm not running for office. I just got a big mouth in front of a radio. Well, well, the quintessential Irishman, we always have an opinion. You know, I learned from the Speaker of the House when I was in Sacramento. This is aside from what we're talking about. But he said to me one time, he was upset about something. He says, and I have Irish amnesia and naive that I am. I said, I'm Irish. I never heard of that. And he goes, Irish amnesia. You forget everything but a grudge. <laughs> like, okay, Mr. Speaker, I guess I'll go with that. Uh, anyway, I found myself uh, there and I had had some, I had served on a, uh, uh, it was an appointed position on the redevelopment agency for the city of Tulare. At that time, Tulare was one of maybe three cities in California that had a redevelopment agency separate from the city council. City council still had the, the voting power. We were more advisory, but we were very active and got into things. And, um, you know, then my father's involvement, I think it was just a path that led me. And when the opportunity was there, uh, I, uh, I, I took it. It was a long, hard race though. It was, uh, you know, uh, breaking through the good old boys network and, uh, yeah. my guest next week will, or later <laughs> this week will, will have that same issue. Yeah. It's definitely a good old boys network. There is, but actually, I, I felt I got more criticism from women. Uh, I was advised by some of my friends, uh, you have to do this, you have to look like this, you can't be that. And uh, this is so long ago that we had... Uh, I think people should be themselves. Well, I... Because I'd rather have real. And I can't, <laughs> I can't help that, as you know. Well, well we've had too many <laughs> fake politicians. They tell you what you want to hear. You don't actually hear what they think. I'd rather have somebody that's real than have somebody that maybe 
pretend agrees with me 100% of the time. I noticed that you have some pretty big endorsements, all four sheriffs that connect to that district have endorsed you. Yeah. And a whole long list of other people. I I think that it's um, uh, realistically, I mean, it's a body of work for me. Um, when we were running uh, in the uh, primary of this, uh, you know, I have a voting record uh, and, uh, and that I'm very proud of. Uh, no regrets. No, when you push that button, don't have regrets. Uh, and so I think, that's uh, I've worked with a lot of these folks on issues, and if it's not the exact sheriff that's there, although I've worked with all the sheriffs, um, it, it it's on the issue of what's important to them, and uh, I just, for me, as I say, I call it a body of work, but it's really a, a, I love, I love the opportunity to serve, and I I hope that doesn't come across as self-serving. But I really do. I I uh, I am so energized now that I'm doing this again. I'm Getting going to your fix. Admit, yes, you know, <laughs> I'm sitting around was just not for me. Uh, at one point, my husband would come home from work and say, "You've been yelling at the TV again, haven't you? <laughs> Is it showing on my face?" Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's what I attribute it to. It's just, you know, doing what I do. On your drive up. You got to see a, a particular monument <laughs> yes. that has to do with California, which I think in the future you brought this up. So if you know where I'm headed, I'm going to let you say it because it was your idea. Uh, when those, uh, when the first pillars of the high speed rail went up, I mean, because I know the backstory, because I know all the political shenanigans that went on, the cost to the taxpayer. I mean, I don't even know if taxpayers are really. Sure, you can see the numbers or whatever. If they really understand what the cost is of this project in so many ways, I started calling it Fresno Stonehenge. Yep. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's kind of caught on. I, I think other people have said that too. But that's my mind is a little, my mind is a little scattered. I tell people I think I'm good for politics because I have about a thirty second attention span. <laughs> Uh, which well, is that good, works though. in today's world. Yeah, because I have to. You, you have, there's many issues, and you got to move, move around. Your opponent, and I'm not going to say a whole lot about him, but I want to point out that I have pictures of him in front of Adventure Church, and he's not on the good side. He doesn't believe in religious freedom. He works for a water agency, and he's an equity officer. Now, I didn't realize that water had very much to do with equity, and so if this woman doesn't get elected. By the way, I'm endorsing her. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so if Connie doesn't get elected, that means we get Lauren Hubbard. And he doesn't believe in religious freedom. That's a big deal. A huge deal. So I'm just going to move on. I don't want to say a lot about that. But but I have pictures. I know he was there. And I've talked to people that are on the good side protecting religious freedom. And he's been there pretty regular now none of those pictures include his kids because i would not let them we, we deleted all those but there are multiple pictures and this is not a maybe wow you know more about his background than i do evidently <laughs> yeah just kind of yeah that's why i have so little hair because i spend so much time just burning it off because i'm mad i thought it was the headphones <laughs> That kind of leads us to, 
There's a woke agenda. Is there anything in Congress you can do about that? Well, I I want to be realistic with myself. You know, this is not a a long term opportunity. Uh, But I think, um, from my perspective, uh, I'm pretty free. I don't have to worry about who I offend. Um, Not in that amount of time, you don't. No. And so, uh, I mean, some advice given to me by one of the Congress people was, oh, well, you should just make friends or whatever. And I'm like, wow, you really don't know me. Uh, I mean, I'm nice and all that, but I think it's an opportunity to really point out anything and everything that I find so egregious uh, that's happening because, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be on another ballot. And that drives some politicians uh, about, well, I got to get reelected. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's one of the things I really uh, personally think congressional uh, terms should be four years uh, if we're going to have them and then term limit them uh, because they just spend their whole time raising money and running for office and running and running and I don't think that gives a real opportunity to do the work that needs to happen. And then there's such a fight all the time that um, issues that should not cause fights are. Everything's a team. I know it's a team sport. It's a blood sport, actually. I don't like that part of it. But um, there is work that could get done. Um, I just can't find too many of them that are willing to do it. Well, that's unfortunate. Um Something that Congress very much has a stake in is the border, which I think goes hand in hand with crime. My God, where do we live? Uh, This administration and no one calls. Well, I shouldn't say no one. People try to call them out on all the things that are happening. uh, And it's only been a little over a year. And and, uh, where are we? I will say I've looked at polls and the border seems to be a bigger issue than when Trump ran the first time. That's a big deal. That's one of that and inflation well, and it, crime, I think, are scaring the heck out of people. Well, um, I think you can. Uh, I mean, there's a tie in there with all of those issues. It starts mm-hmm. with the border, uh, but it also affects crime for sure, because, you know, I don't think anyone begrudges people that want an opportunity in this country. Uh, we celebrate that. That's what our country's about. Um, we like to think they come the right way. Well, and that they want to do good. And exactly. that they, they just want to improve their lives through legal means. Yes. Yeah. That's that's the whole issue with it. But this wide back and forth, the smuggling, the criminals. Uh, I mean, I see it all. The border guard, they're telling the truth about what's happening down there. I mean, now it's even got to where the baby formula is part of an issue at the border uh, because they have it and uh, American citizens don't for their children. Uh, It's just, uh, it's one thing after another with this administration. It's hard to, for me to pick the the trigger point that's the most. So the polling, but the polling tells it all. And uh, because they just ignored it and they, and then they, the lie, what is this Mayorkas dude? Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what up homie? What is that? He, he sits there and just lies. Um, he's got to be pathological because his body language doesn't change. No, it's I, on, on stuff that is absolutely demonstrably fact yeah, that he's lying. Yeah, I I sit there in wonder, saying, "Really? I, I just I don't get it." No one calls him out. Um, well, they when he's come before Congress, they've called him out, but it does it doesn't make the left side of the media, which is the majority of it. Yeah, yeah, 
if you don't watch OAN, The Blaze, and I'm sure I'm missing somebody, Fox, you don't even hear about it. It's like it doesn't exist. Exactly. It's like the liberal media has decided that they're going to play the part of the no evil monkeys. And they're going to hide everything that doesn't make our largely incompetent president and whoever is running the show, because I can't imagine that he is. Oh, no. Um, everything that makes him look bad, they're going to try to hide. And they, for the most part, have done a good job of that. It's just he's been a little free lately uh, with the microphone, which I enjoy. Oh, uh, he's great entertainment. As much as people talk about Trump being entertainment, Joe is every bit as entertaining. Yeah, in a, in a really, I mean, I laugh at the time, but it is sad. I mean, I'm sad for my country, uh, because I'd be better if he was coherent, and I could still disagree with him, mm-hmm. and and not have to laugh at him. Um, that's not good for us. No, if if you start watching international news, they're not hiding it. They're not holding back. Must um, be why people watch BBC. Uh, I like I like BBC. I I, I watch uh, Sky News Australia pretty regular. I watch mm-hmm. some news out of India. You know, and some of it you have to get translated or you have to read the subtitles depending on where you're going around the world. But it is very interesting that as much as they said, well, Trump's going to get us in a war. Trump's going to ha- create a nuclear war. And we're going to lose all respect. And somehow we did worse. Yeah. Well, all those predictions came true, just not while Trump was there. Yeah. So if Congress changes, the FBI and the Ministry of Truth are kind of working hand in hand. And the FBI is is going and looking at people that were protesting against COVID tyranny. So they're talking about masks or vaccines and what school districts were doing. And now the FBI is in, involved, even though... Mayorkas said, oh, absolutely never. Oh, never. In Congress, you could have a congressional investigation. Where do you stand on that? Well, I'm for that. But uh, it's uh, who's doing the investigation. I mean, for me, this is what it boils down to. It's like, you know, I know you were at that forum when we had a little discussion about should we do a recount of the votes? In my mind, it's like, well, who's going to recount them? If it's going to be the same person that counted them in the first place, then what's the point? So um, I think myself and maybe others are have lost, I have lost so much faith in our government to do the right thing. Um, I'm not going to say I had total faith in them before. That would not be honest. But um, if you can't trust these offices of justice that are supposed to be uh, watching out for all of us, then, then what is the point? I mean, that's what I think frustrates me so much when I see what's going on. Uh, and I, I haven't gone there myself personally yet to experience it firsthand. I mean, I've made trips over the years. But, I mean, on a day-to-day basis, who's really in charge? Uh, it's scary to me, this minister of, you know, uh, the Mary, Mary Poppins of the left. Yes, yeah, yeah. What, what is that? Um, why is she a truth teller? Um, when you research her, all you do is get worried. Yeah, I'm worried about so much. And and so I can joke around uh, with the best of them. But um, when it comes down to it, should I uh, be successful in this opportunity, uh, I'm going to be scared every day that I'm, that I'm there. I, I really, 
want to dig into some things. I don't think there'll be committee work for me. Um, I mean, it, it makes no sense. It's quick. I mean, they may try to stick me on some committee where there's a hole, but I want to do my own investigation. I want to be my own minister of truth. Well, so then you could come and go to the media, whoever will listen and shout from the rooftop. Uh, no, I, I like to work more through subterfuge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go ahead and take a break. <laughs> this is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. So we have that weird break because of the radio itself. The podcast, it plays all the way through. So my podcast people, if you're wondering what's going on, why is it handled this way? This is why. Uh, today I am joined by Connie Conway. She is running in the is it 21st district? 22nd. 22nd district to replace Devin Nunes. It is a short-term kind of fill-in thing, but I think it's important that we have one more voice, and it's also important that we do not elect her opponent because he's a hardcore leftist. What's your number one issue if you get there? Well, um, you know, I, water is, has always been something that I've been involved with and that I want to know about, and I want to spend some time, uh, my little investigative opportunities that I think I might be able to find with the Department of Interior, why is the Bureau of Land Management more involved in our water issues than they were? Um, but our water issues in California are a combination of federal issues plus state issues. I, plus environmental groups that have quite a, a lot of money for lawyers to hold up and muck up anything that might get done. And that's why, that's all they do. It's a job. So they sue knowing that people will will cave and pay them to go away, which they never go away. They just fund another lawsuit or fund their existence. Um, I learned that very early on on the Tulare County Board of Supervisors serving there. Uh, we had a we had a battle with the environmentalists. It took us, uh, the Attorney General of the State of California sued our county over dairy permits. And uh, it was a six-year battle uh, before we could issue another permit. Um, but I learned a lot. I, I uh, was chairman of the board for a majority of that time, and I uh, I went to the dark side. I hired the best environmental lawyer that I could find, learned all the secrets, learned the trade secrets. Um, he was well compensated, but it worked well uh, for Tulare County eventually when we came out of the lawsuit. And that's why, um, as I said before, I think we're a sum of our experiences in life, and I've been blessed to have many and I think that's kind of what drives me. Uh, not that I'm, I'm not a person that wants to say, well, I know better than you because I've been doing this longer. Every day I try to learn something new. Now, retention, we can talk about that later. <laughs> but seriously, I learn from other people, other people's experiences. And uh, uh, oftentimes um, I appreciate people that are willing to do the research and, and really have a good story to tell. That saves me from having to do that. Um, but I've been given an opportunity to be a spokesperson, if you will, and so that's good enough for me. So these experiences all strung out together kind of leaves me with a mindset. Uh, I do really do have a plan. Uh, I realize it's a short-term opportunity. I realize that uh, the part, uh, should I be successful, and, and when I get there, it'll be 30 days mm -hmm. minimum, maximum of 40 days actually serving there. Uh, so I'm very real focused on the the district too. 
Uh, I don't want to let anything slip and slide past us in the district here. Uh, And part of that, I hope, will be some kind of liaison between state and federal government, having had experience uh, with both in different ways. Um, How do we get what we need uh, for our area, um, having to deal with both of these agencies that really don't seem to work real well together? Right. So even if you don't have time to to get it done, if you figured out how to do it, you can talk to others. Yeah, yeah. This is the most productive farmland in the world. Killing me. How can we not have water? Food is essential. There's no other argument. Food is essential. It's national security issue, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And I'm worried about it. They're trying to fallow right now about a million acres of land. So then we're going to get our carrots from China? Um, where they don't have the same environmental standards. Exactly. It's just like when we want to get oil from somewhere else. They don't have the same environmental standards, and then it's got to go in an oil tankers. Oil tankers are known for leakage and for disasters to get here, to be refined here so that it can be distributed here. Just a few years ago, you know, when President Trump made us a net exporter of oil. Yes. Now, we're not ready for oil to go away. This environmental dream that it's going to happen tomorrow, go to the grocery store and look at how many packages contain plastic or a plastic coating over the paper. Now, that road that you drove on, that has oil in it. Definitely. Your car tires, they have oil in it. Uh, Especially those lightweight, high-mileage cars. They're full of plastic. That comes from oil. We're not ready. I'm not saying it can't happen, but we're not ready. And so what, we crash our economy and destroy ourselves for this dream that is not ready? I'm all for protecting the environment, and I'm all for moving in that direction, but we're not there. Is there anything that Congress can do about oil prices? Well, I would hope so. Um, I, I mean, of course, I'm looking down the road. I'm, I'm waiting till this election in November when uh, maybe the red team takes over and uh, can put a halt to some of this craziness from across the aisle. Um, but right now, um, I, I, I don't, I wish I saw a more strident defense of uh, the oil industry uh, that we need, that we can do safer, as you pointed out, mm-hmm. uh, cleaner, as you pointed out. Um, Largely because we have natural gas. Even we don't have to refine it as much. Like the oil out of a lot of places in the world, particularly Russia, how it has to be refined, it is much dirtier. And they're not as clean with the processes. They don't have the scrubbers in the, in the stacks that process it, things like that. It's always, well, it's always been a rule for me is to, if you want to know how something's done, ask the person that's doing it. Um, I started that on the Board of Supervisors. I mean, it's human nature to deliver good news. So the department heads would come to our meetings once a week and tell us all they're doing good, good whether this, they are this or not. is great and i used to say well i can't give you a raise but i can give you a good star gold star if you just just tell me the truth the good stuff is great i get that i'm happy and that's a really good thing but tell me what's not working and then just what's our plan to make it work but to do my own investigation i think that helped that i you know knew a lot of people i would just call out to a department to somebody that worked there the first five minutes was usually venting about, you know, their office or the supervisor or whatever. But then I wanted to get to the heart of the matter. 
Um, so once again, I guess I'm just a, I learned by gossip, <laughs> but it's really not that. I want to know the facts. I want to know the truth. Um, but then, but then even when the truth is presented to some folks, they're in denial. And I, um, that's really hard for me to understand. I, this whole Green New Deal. I mean, it's just, it's proven that we can't get there. People aren't going to die in 10 years if we don't. Well, just, no, they already told us we were going to, remember Gore said if the planet was done. Was that about 20 years ago? We need to stick a fork in Gore and be done with him. But I mean, they've yeah. been absolutely proclaiming doom yep. and that everything's done by this date. And then that date goes by and they have a new emergency and they rebrand it and we fall for it again. Not me, but I mean right. the American people. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of where I find us with this, uh, with the issues in the Central Valley, the farmland and all that. Um Every year, we what's it going to take to convince you people that there's an agenda here? Uh, oh, my gosh. How 20 years ago, 15, 16, I don't know how many years ago, I went to a hearing just in Sacramento, and the woman that was leading it was a, a state senator at the time. She's a former county supervisor. So I stuck my head into this little committee hearing, and, uh, you know, I, I then I raised my hand very boldly, and I just said, well, Look, I understand that you want to uh, go back to the way things were. Uh, when my grandson describes it as 20,000 million hundred bison were uh, running through the Central Valley. Um, but is that practical? I mean, you would like to take this prime farmland and make it a wildlife refuge. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of wildlife in the Central Valley. Uh, they walk on two legs, and I'm related to some of them. But that's that's a false issue for you to say that we need to return the land to what it was. Um, that's called progress. This is what we do. And we are now feeding the world. I can mm-hmm. still say that about here in the Central Valley. Uh, under Assuming they can afford the gas to get it to somewhere. Right, right. right. Uh, I mean, with all that goes with it, with no water and with everything else that they're trying to do. Um you know, I'm still sure that it's a national security issue, both the water and the farmland. Well, and um, it's the fruits and vegetables are, are what come from here. Oh, man. Well, you know, it, some it, people say it's, you know. And nuts. Yeah. Fruits, vegetables, and nuts. California is known for its nuts. So my out-of-state fans will totally get what I mean there. Yes, I know. <laughs> I agree with part of that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just what we're growing now. But the so people want to complain about the farmers using all the water when it's a false narrative that they're using all the water. Right. You know, it's 40% uh, I'm, of, uh, I mean, it's 80% of the 40% that's allowed to go to, to farming. It's not 80% of the water supply. Right. So they're, they're basically using statistics to, to change the game. Right, right. And uh, maybe the that vast would... majority of the water simply gets flushed. Exactly. Because it doesn't get saved in an aquifer underground, which we should be doing. Yes. Recharging. It, yeah, it doesn't get held behind a dam, and we're not maintaining our dams. We're digging the silt out. We're not maintaining our canals very well, and a lot of them should be lined. They won't let us store water, right. which would be our vehicle to recharge the water. Mm-hmm. So it's talking out of both sides of the mouth. And then this ridiculous Sacramento flushing its toilet, literally. Uh, they don't have wastewater tr- plants uh, like we do here, have to have everywhere in the Central Valley. No, we can just flush it through. Well, so they flush it into the Delta. Yeah. I realize it's on the Sacramento River, which but that directly connects to the Delta. 
And then because of environmental law, they have to pass a certain amount of fresh water through so that it is not as toxic. So there's one of the issues. We're flushing water, but part of it is because of that hidden little gym that you just shared. That it's not just Sacramento. There are several cities on the border of the Delta that flush their sewage out into the Delta. But nobody talks about it. It, That makes me crazy. Uh, that, uh, That was a big argument for me. Um, obviously I didn't win, but it is one of the things that I like to point out to people. I, I really don't think people are totally aware of that at all. And, uh, I don't know why, how can we ignore that? Well, the level of waste that comes out of Sacramento is just, we have a new layer to that waste. <laughs> yeah. They say it, it runs out of, uh, yeah, both ends. Both of, ends. Yeah. Both ends. Uh, and I'm not laughing. I'm laughing to keep myself from crying because yeah. To literally destroy destroy this state is uh, is an agenda that I just I just can't imagine. I mean, throughout our history, we've done nothing but make progress mm-hmm. until now. And so, when did that progress stop? Well, uh, when they decided that communism rather than individual liberty was the way to go. And that's what our nation was founded on. I I think you you uh, you know because you went to a lot of the forums and. Uh, when we were, you know, starting this grand process. But uh, the idea that, you know, we need fresh ideas, I I want to go back to the original ideas. Thank you very much. We have a constitution. What about those ideas? Let's make sure those are intact first, and then you can bring me your fresh ideas, and we'll see what they amount to. Come on now. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't you know that, that authoritarian government will bring utopia rather than individual liberty yeah. isn't that how that works yeah. there's examples all around the world of successful communism successful socialism you know where people no longer have a choice where they're, suddenly they're no longer productive and there's a bread line where oh, how many millions did mao kill how many millions did stalin kill uh, how about cambodia the khmer rouge how about venezuela which is still a tragedy richest country in in resources minerals and oil and they took it from the richest country in South America to people are eating whatever they can meaning if it moves they eat it because they don't want to starve it's uh it's like the world t- turned upside down but uh, what's the saying you know if we uh if we don't know our history and we don't i say honor history um you know we're doomed to the same thing yep we're bound to repeat it and uh, gosh, I mean, when people tell me, well, are you with that crowd that's uh, that wants a civil war? And I said, well, I wouldn't be the frontline warrior because I'm not physically capable. Uh, but yes, I understand that. I mean, it's a it's a discussion that I had with many of my friends that uh, uh, are on the left side of the aisle. You know, they were complaining about President Trump. And uh, my response to them was, well, well, you you created President Trump. Oh, I didn't vote for that guy. I said, I didn't say you voted for him. Um, your policies that are destroying our country led to the silent majority finally saying. We need an outsider. Here's the guy. Here's yeah. the guy that might he'll listen to us. And uh, we don't care how many jokes he tells and we don't care whatever. He's on the right track. We're with him. So you guys don't like what you created. Well, then take a look at what you're doing. Take a look at your agenda. Who is helped by your agenda? 
I can't find anybody because the people you profess to help, you're actually hurting, whether that's environmental policy. You're helping these poor people that you say you're going to help. Well, And you're also enslaving them to poverty for the rest of their life, and you're trying to take the rest of us with you. Well, it's a tyranny of low expectations. Boy, isn't that the truth? I used to think my mother had those for me. (laughs) Uh, But not necessarily. Um, Before she left this earth, she admitted that I I turned out okay. (laughs) But um, on a serious note, it... it, uh, See, you're getting me wound up now, uh, but this is what I need. Uh, it, like I say, if I'm successful and you guys allow me to go back there and represent you, the work in the district will get done. Uh, th- there's just stuff here that there's loose ends. Pelosi's clerk is overseeing our district right now, and that's just— Meaning she's ignoring it and hurting it where, wherever she can? Because yeah. that seems to be yeah Pelosi's it, way of doing things. Yeah, I mean— When she's not drunk. God bless her. Um, uh, drunk on ice cream. Or so I'm told. Maybe it's rum raisin. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I, uh, I I do care about what's happening in the district. And uh, the way they do these things are so crazy. Um, on on the 7th, uh, all of the staff that's remaining, I mean, they're, they are let go in anticipation, I guess, of what's next. But you would, why wouldn't you leave them there until that next actually happens? Uh, it's, it's very frustrating, but, um, but those that are, that are hanging in are trying to do good work, but they're just, um, you know, left afloat by, um, so have you reached clerk. out to this, this, the former staff? Cause I know you knew Devin pretty well. Yes. So, and I know, you know, some of his staff, have you reached out and tried to say, well, look, if I'm elected, yes. here's where you stand. Yeah, we, we have a plan. Okay. We, we think a, a pretty good viable plan, um, uh, assuming that we we're successful, but, um, the next issue is, uh, do we have to wait? So this happens June 7th. Do we have to wait the 30 days till it's certified, even if it's obvious? And then Mrs. Pelosi has 30 days that she can extend it before she has to swear that person in. Uh, we're hopeful that it, that it won't be that long of a process, but unfortunately it could be. Uh, we're hopeful that uh, if we're successful, it'll be enough that we can get a pre-certification and then speed up the process to allow someone to get to work because that's just criminal. I mean, uh, one more conservative vote in Congress still doesn't take away their majority. Right. Uh, you know, it, it won't impact any of those things um, unless my reputation precedes me, but <laughs> we'll see. There'll be a lot of interesting characters coming. You know, I, I don't know uh, Sarah Palin. I've never met her. Um, but she's running in a special election. Uh, and got pretty darn good odds. That's what I'm thinking. So I figure once Sarah gets there, we will have the uh, Conway Palin pipeline and we'll pipe some water directly from Alaska down to the Central Valley. Um, you know, if we have a leak, it's not environmentally. It's no environmental tragedy. It's just water. We could ship down some salmon. I don't know. Smelt if someone thinks they're that important. Uh, whatever. Uh, and, and put some new smelt in since they seem to have disappeared over the last six months. Yeah, yeah. Well, because the bay, because I read in the San Francisco Chronicle that the bay is clean now and there's no place for the smelt to hide. So they are preyed upon uh, by other fish. I mean, this is an actual story. I can send it to if you want to read it. Look, it's a non-native fish it's that we, we've <laughs> shut down the environment over. Isn't that? That's just the most bizarre thing. It's not even, it's 
so un-American that it's scary. We're going to go ahead and take another break. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXCX, the best talking in town. Good morning. This is Eric Rollins here on 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town. Today, I am having a lively discussion with Connie Conway. She is running to replace Devin Nunes in the 22nd Congressional District. I get I struggle with numbers. Well, it's a special election in the 22nd. Now there's a new 22nd. So. I know, and that, that makes it even more complicated. Yeah, it does. Um, my friends just say, can... Uh, we'll just look for your name. I said, that's a good idea. <laughs> that's a good way to go, yeah. You know, I got redistricted out of that district, and now Kevin McCarthy is is my representative, and I think there's zero chance that he's not reelected. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm in assuming lightning district. doesn't strike. I'm in that district with you. Um, you hear my excitement. I'm going to leave it at you hear my excitement. Well, uh, we will. Uh, uh, you'll be stuck with me for a while, hopefully. Uh, I hope so. And until uh, Mr. McCarthy takes over, <laughs> uh, whatever it is, he takes over to the district or uh, becomes speaker or however that works out. Um, yeah, uh, you know, your every vote does count. I mean, this is one thing that I people. I really hope that people understand. Uh, it really just can take a few votes to really make that difference and i understand that you're like it doesn't do us any good we're up against the wall there's no hope there's always hope but if you give up that right if you give up the right <laughs> now i realize there's people that don't have the right and they're still voting but uh if you have that right please please exercise your right to vote well i th- i think it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy if you believe that you're going to fail I'm betting you're going to fail. If you believe you can succeed and you believe there's hope, you won't always succeed, but you at least got a real shot. I, I've said that so many times in a, in a little different way. Just if we set people up to succeed, they will. But if we set them up to fail, they can do that too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm all about that. I mean, part of my service has been um, I've been given the opportunity for leadership roles. And a lot of that is just uh, lifting others up, helping others uh, figure out how to be better leaders, how to be better elected representatives. Um, and, and one of the biggest parts of that that I used to preach on, and it's a wonder the caucus didn't throw me out. I uh, <laughs> I lasted for four years. I'm like the longest-serving leader um, since term limits because there's always some coup or another yeah. getting rid, on both sides of the aisle, to get rid of somebody. Uh, Speaker Rendon might actually beat me here. I don't know how long he's been doing it, but I hung in for four years. But, um, yeah, I tended to uh, to lecture a little bit and tell people what I thought they should be doing. I tried to do it in a way that made sense from a, a leadership role, but sometimes you just got to give a little tough love. Um, but they, but they can, people can do it, and they can do it in an effective way, um, which is why I, I encourage people all the time. I'm a constant recruiter. Constantly, people that I've just met—if they strike me in a certain way, if they—if they show me something that I think is like, have you ever thought about running for office? Um, but the answer is no. By the way, if you're looking at me, uh, darn it. Uh, <laughs> well, an advisor to officials. How's that? I, I, I absolutely do that, and I, I've walked for a lot of candidates. I, I go to government meetings and speak very regularly, but I don't want to run. Okay. 
Well, it's an important role to be that that person that you are too, especially to speak out at meetings. Um, it takes a certain eloquence or it just becomes rage. Mm-hmm. It just becomes ranting and raving and no one's going to listen. And I also tried to tell electeds that in Sacramento. Look, we are the minority. Ranting and raving on every bill, no one's listening. Uh, even no, I'm, you I'm need to make listening. sane, yeah. cogent, reasonable arguments to yeah. turn the tide. I would tell them, I'm your leader and I'm not listening to you. I mean, stop it. Let's be effective here. Yeah. Let's use the opportunity that we have to... To do that, but I I encourage people you know that are, that are so inclined uh, to get involved because um, it it takes it to a whole new level, and we need people that can can take that leadership role. But one of the most important things, and uh, there's a few elected officials right now that have sought my advice, and uh, they didn't listen to it, but I gave it to them anyway. They're still elected. Well, advice is free, so yeah. But it's you know God gave you two of these and one of these. And you spend all your time talking um, and uh, and not listening. Y- you're there for a reason. Yes, you're the one that gets to push the button. You're the one that gets to be the spokesperson. Uh, but you have to listen to people. Uh, you can't just go off. And one of the things that makes me the most crazy is when you, you people want to vent. And that's okay. I figured that's my job is to listen. That's why I give everybody my cell phone. Anybody can call me. I don't can I actually. Plus you get all the gossip. Well, well there's. <laughs> That's true. Um, but this this sometimes you will see in your people that are viewing this. It drives me crazy when someone says, no, you don't understand what you're talking about. That drives me up the wall um, because um, people's, uh, I mean, that's their reality. Their thoughts and what they're thinking and feeling is their reality. And you telling them that, no, you're wrong, that accomplishes nothing. That just shuts, shuts the door or, or makes them tune out. And it doesn't unite us as a team that we need to be to move forward. Well, and, and we're, especially conservatives, are going to disagree profoundly on issues. Yeah, and it, and, but, but it's how you do it. Yeah. It's okay. It really is. And that's uh, another criticism people would tell me in Sacramento. They'd say, oh, Conway, you're caucus, you know. It's like herding cats. And i tell them, no, it's worse. They're wild, feral cats. Yeah. But I celebrate their independence. They're not sheeple like you guys. You know, there's there's no hive mind. I can't line them up in a, a row. I can't tell them what to do, nor, nor do I want to. I want to convince them that we need to do all this together and that this is the right way to go. You can turn the, the unruly mob in a direction, hopefully. But yeah, yeah, I tried. Uh, but independence, you know, is uh, it's one of the things I tell people that conservatives suffer from. Um, we're right and we know we're right. Um, uh, we follow the rules. Um, you know, they're all good attributes, but unfortunately it makes me sometimes feel like the liars and the cheaters are getting ahead because they're better, way better at that than we are. We, yeah. we just, we, we want to do the right thing. And, uh, I, I would, I wish that everyone felt that way. And I, I try to put not for very long, but get in the mindset of somebody on the other side. It's like, how could you, how could you let yourself believe this? How could you be led down a path? that makes you believe that this screaming at the top of your voice at uh, and melting like a snowflake is, is a positive movement. I, um, I don't get it. At that level, I don't know. But I think at the upper levels, the end justifies the means. Oh, yeah. And I think some of that happens on, on the conservative side, too. But I think it is a much larger thing. The end justifies the means. Money and power. Yeah. And 
they believe that if they set up an authoritarian sort of government, then, you know, they will free you because you will not have to suffer from individual liberty, you know, and all those responsibilities that come from being able to speak your mind. No. What a horrible thing. That's that's what we told King George. Get out of here. (laughs) We're in charge of our own life. Have Um, you seen the Ultra Mega King video? No, I haven't. Oh, that's hilarious. Is it? I better watch it. With Biden decide you know calling trump ultra mega and king mega well they did a parade I'll have folks to. i recommend you you watch that video because it it basically thumbs its nose in a very funny way okay. we've got just a few minutes if they want to or just just a few seconds yes your website how do they contact you if they want to donate what do they, what do they do Connieforcongress.com. well that's easy what was that again Connieforcongress.com. Well, I thank you for sharing this time with me. Any- oh, thanks. I, I really appreciate this opportunity. And I, I hope your listeners understand, um, you know, the value that, that you're bringing here to the table in addition to being knowledgeable. And, and, and I, I'm not saying this, you know me well enough to know that I mean that. This is exactly the kind of forum um, that people need, that we need, because we're not getting the truth anyplace else. Right. And I purposely sit down for an hour because we can actually have a real discussion. Yes. Well, I look forward to more discussions, not necessarily on the air, just you've got my number. You better be calling me. Oh, yes, (laughs) ma'am. Well, I thank you for joining me today. I think that's a wrap. And this is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist here on 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town. That's Connie Conway for Congress.com.